0: You are now listening to the London International Christian Church podcast. Um, I'm very grateful for Jen. I thought she did a great job of the uh, communion. You know, Thank you so much for all you've done to build up the kingdom. I think it's uh, – it's, for, for somebody to give up so much, uh, it, it shows where their heart is at. Oftentimes, it's giving up the future that's the hardest thing to do. It's like, but I could do this and I could do that, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to give that stuff up for God. And I, I thought Joe did a very challenging yeah. and fantastic <laughs> job. That. Is that the leader of Marseille? Is is he the leader of Lyon? Those are those are those are cities in, in, in uh, France. So maybe he, you know, maybe we got an evangelist on our hands right here. Uh, but in 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 as Ola says, in many ways, in many ways, he is he's contribution. He is special missions because without special missions from America, without special missions from you guys, he never would have gotten baptized. Wow. So. That's pretty awesome. The title of my sermon is Solidify. Solidify. We're going to be going over the first principles of leadership. The first principles of building stuff up. Sorry, I just caught somebody like this. So I I gave them their face. I gave them their face. I take this time to, you know, just make sure you're engaged because I'll catch you. I'll catch you. (laughs) Even you, Marlon, in the back, I'll get you. In Espanol, también. Take this time to silence your phones. Okay? Put it on. You can have it on. You can take notes on. No Facebook chatting unless you're doing, like, live stuff. Okay, man. No, you want to put some little quotes on there, that's okay. But I don't want anybody, you know, surfing the internet and buying, buying next week's outfit while we're, while we're preaching. I'm looking at you on this one, Sam. looking at you. So we want to solidify the Obviously, a, the first principle is really of leadership and of a Bible talk of anything you do. If you want to be in a Fortune 500 company, you want to be a CEO, you want a solid foundation. That's right, right. So we, we're going to talk about solidify. That's right. Next week, unify. And then we're going to be talking about. Multiple. And then we're going to be talking about. Okay, let's just all say the same thing because I feel that is what. <laughs> That is what we're gonna talk about, but let's be in unison. We're gonna talk about Amen. You're still half-hearted, but maybe by the end of the sermon you'll be all in. Amen. Before you solidify, you gotta purify. In Proverbs chapter twenty-five. You know, it was one of those days. You ever have one of those days? Yeah. I woke up this morning and I didn't want to be a Christian. I woke, I mean, can I be honest here? Can I can I just lay it out? I mean is there Pharisees out there judging me? God! You know, I just have one of those mornings. You know, just still want to be Christian. Got read my Bible, I was preaching the word to myself and just listening to God and still didn't feel it. And you know, sometimes you just gotta deny yourself, but by that third song, and man, that communion bread never gets old. And then, and then my came in with a song and then Basari came in with a song. I was a Christian by the time I got up here. Amen. God purified my heart with the church service. It says in Proverbs 25, remove, impurities from silver and a vessel will be produced for a silversmith. And so you want to get all the impurities out of something, especially, you know, you got a, that engagement ring. You don't want like there to be like some dirt specks all in the, you know, it's like 100, like the diamond is perfect. And then the, the, the silver is all completely messed up and you can't tell it turns, it turns your finger green and all that stuff. You don't want that. And, and, and God says, you take the impurities out in verse five, it says, remove the wicked from the King's presence and his throne will be established in righteousness. So to solidify the church, we have got to get the impurities out of it so that we can solidify it. We have got to get the sin out because sin makes us weak. Why do we like to turn to sin in times of trouble? We know it's not going to help us, right? Like nobody thinks, man, if I get into impurity right now, I'm going to get a better job. Mm. Nobody goes... I'm going to think about bitterness all day long, and that's what's going to get me a new boyfriend. Like, nobody does that. But why do we turn to it? Let's go to Psalm 106. Psalm 106. People going going crazy out there already. All right. Get some psalms out there. People are feeling it. Psalm 106, verse 6. It says, both we and our fathers have sinned. We've done wrong and have acted wickedly. I love this. This is humble already. We're jacked up people, God. We messed up. It says, our fathers in Egypt. Now, whenever you hear Egypt, you just think, in the Old Testament, just think about the world. Sin. When I was in Egypt, when I was in the world, when I was in sin. It says, when our fathers were in Egypt, they did not grasp the significance of your wonderful works. And so, before we were Christians... And maybe some are still debating Christianity right now. So, okay, if you're right here, we did not understand the wonderful works of God or we would have made ourselves Christians. We didn't get it. And then it says, or remember your many acts of faithful love. And man, sometimes we can forget what God has done for us. We can forget that we live in an incredible country. We can forget that we've been blessed with so many things and we can think about all the things we don't have. Instead of what we do yeah. instead, they rebelled by the sea, the red sea, the red sea was their baptism. And so they were at the waters of baptism, still rebelling. They're still debating. Should I be baptized? Should I go? And, and it was the red sea because it, it also symbolized the blood of Jesus. That's why it was red. Now in verse nine, God, God rebuked the sea. Verse 10, it says he saved them and he redeemed them. Verse 11, water covered over their foes. And not one of them remained. And verse 12, then they believed his promises and they sang his praise. Finally. All it took was the Red Sea being parted and them marching through it. And then some fire and all kinds of miracles. That's all it took. And then they finally believed. I mean, that was it. That's all they needed. But they finally did it and they sang some songs. (laughs) Maybe they were singing Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Maybe, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what they were singing, but they were singing some songs. But then, darn it, you read the next verse. They soon forgot his works. And they did not wait for his counsel. They were seized with cravings in the wilderness and tested God in the desert. They forgot. And that's what happens. That's why we turn to sin. Because we forget about what God does for us and can do for us. And we don't want to wait. Yep. So instead of waiting for his perfect time, we want to take it on our time. Yeah. I want this right now, God, and I'm going to do it right now. Can I get an amen for the guilty party? Amen. Maybe can I get a double amen on that? Amen, amen. Okay, fantastic. Some awesome people out there. And then they got, they got, they got seized by their cravings. That's, they got spiritually hangry. You know, we talked about a couple weeks ago, you know, you get physically hangry. My wife is laughing because she gets really hangry. Real, oh, Cash gets hangry too. Look at this guy over here. He's, he's guilty. He gave me like a triple amen. Amen, 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 minute. And, uh, you know, they, got, they, they, they spiritually got hangry. I want this. I want this. I want this. And then they tested God. And so we have got to not forget what God has done and what he's already done in this short time. Yeah. I mean again, remember when we were at that other place? I won't even say the name of it? <laughs> remember when we we're at that other place? Thank goodness we dumped that other place and now we're here. <laughs> remember when we were back in Egypt at Kensington Aldridge Academy? Turn with me to First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. Let's never remember. Let's blot that out from our memories, the Kensington Aldridge Academy. 1 Corinthians chapter three, verse one. Again, I'm giving you the uh, Christian Holman Standard Bible. Hopefully, it's not too uh, confusing. Catching up with me, but again, Jesus is Lord of all the translations. Brothers, verse one. Brothers, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the world, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk, like Falgona, to drink, not solid food, because you were not ready for it in fact you're still not ready because you're worldly being solid is about maturity solid food is for the mature when you're a baby and you try to eat solid food what will happen you'll choke you'll throw up something bad will happen you do not want to get you I mean I mean if you were to just to, to sit right in front of you a nice juicy, 27 ounce steak, wow. you know, just perfectly cooked however you like it. I like it medium rare Maybe you guys like it nuked and completely coo- all the juices cooked out of it right. It's just it's just it's just the best or, or, or what do you guys like? What, what's the food you like? Is it the is it rare? Okay, what, what you guys are you guys are you guys? Uh, uh. All right, so maybe 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 for Kelly, okay, so we there's there's some vegan. There's some vegans out there Maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a freshly grilled portobello mushroom mm. I don't know you look at it and you're fired up. You're ready to eat that portobello mushroom. But if you give that to a baby, the baby's going to die. Yeah. And so we've got to understand that we've got to be solid. We've got to be mature in the church. And maturity has nothing to do with your age. Right. So if you're young, that's okay. If you're old, that's okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with your age. It has to do with your obedience to the scriptures. And that is it. The more you obey of the word of God the more mature you are. (laughs) Somebody wants to be mature right here. The less you obey, the less mature you are. It's not about negativity. Sometimes people go look at people who are really negative. Oh, he is so mature because he's so negative about everything and critical and makes fun of everybody and hates everything. That's so mature. That's not what maturity is. Because you act like you're 80 years old doesn't mean that you're mature. Yeah. Okay? Or you think you act like you're 80 years old. That has nothing to do with it. Let's skip down to verse 9. Come on, For we're God's co workers, we're his field, we're his building. Verse 11. For no one can lay any foundation that has been, than what has already been laid. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Verse 12. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold or silver or costly stones, what are hair straw? Each one's work will be obvious. Whatever you do in this lifetime will be obvious for the day. will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. If anyone's work has been built survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, it will be lost, but he will be saved. Yet it will be like somebody escaping from the fire. What are we building? We're building up the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. What are you, this is your, a question for you, what are you building your relationship with God with? What are you building the kingdom with? Are you building with your own principles? Are you prin- building with God's principles? Are you doing it your way or are you doing it God's way? Are you hay today? Wood, sawdust? If you are, that's completely okay because... In just a sh- few short moments, by the end of the sermon, you could be a diamond. Yeah. You see, in the kingdom of God, God is a God who calls what is not into what is. Yeah. Yeah. He takes nothings and makes it into something. So if you're thinking to yourself, man, I ain't nothing today. That's okay. With God, you can do something great. Yeah. How, do you, how do you make diamonds? Pressure. Fantastic. It's All pressure. Now, there's an awesome scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. But Paul essentially says, I'll paraphrase it. I got stabbed. I got shot. I got stoned. They burned my house down. They did this. They stole my car. They took my guitar away from me. They, they did everything bad. And then, and then I have some pressure. He says at the end of every, all the bad things that happened to him. And right at the end, he goes, and I feel pressure from God every single day about the church. Every single day. And it's like a footnote and all the stuff that he says. I feel pressure. Who likes pressure? Fantastic. Everybody's honest, except for, okay, Enrique, I don't know, maybe he's crazy a little bit. We're going we're to raise money and get Enrique some special help. He's the only one who likes pressure. Actually, I kind of like pressure as well. No. But pressure is what's going to make us incredible. Yeah. Amen. So today, feel the pressure, but don't sin. Point number one, we've got to build lovingly. You've got to build lovingly. You know, when you're building or working and you love it, it's not work at all. When you're doing something you love, it's not work. I mean, you hear Mimi singing in the back and she's giving us those beautiful notes. I mean, that's, that's, I love it. I love it. And some people sing for a living. Does that even seem like work to them? No, they just do what they're passionate about. For me, I used to daydream about being in the ministry. I was there at Wells Fargo and I was, you know, selling stuff and I'm just like, man, I can't wait to baptize somebody, man. I can't wait to go to Paris, man. And I would visualize myself like in a room preaching and I'd be sitting down behind a computer typing or I'd be on the phone with somebody and I'd just be thinking about, man, one day I want to be in the ministry. One day I want to be overseas. And I visualized that. I thought like, man, one day we could pack out Wembley. One day the church is going to be 150,000 disciples all around the world. There's going to be all these incredible things. Why? Because I just love what we're doing here. And if you love what we're doing here, then nothing's going to stand in your way. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 19. Now, love is an interesting thing. Oftentimes we think about... Good feelings, right? Yep. When we think about love, we think about, you know, the the Notebook movie and Fortnite. Twilight and <laughs> romance <laughs> novels and Titanic. Titanic. Yeah. Titanic. Yeah. What's this? Near, far. Is that the, the song? Right? Wherever you. Come on down. Come on down. Got the, I'm live on Broadway right here. Uh, Leviticus, <laughs> you know, I have been called half Jesus, half Fergie before. So, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 17. The Bible says, "Do not harbor hatred against your brother in your heart. rebuke, rebuke your neighbor frankly." So that you do not share in their guilt. It is hatred to see flaws in people and not to help them out with it. The Bible says in Leviticus 19, 17, that you are guilty when you don't love people enough to tell them the truth. Proverbs 20, verse 30. Don't turn there. It says blows and wounds scrub away evil. Beatings purge the innermost being." that's a challenging scripture but again, those aren't my words those are the words of the almighty Yahweh he's the one who said it, not me now we gotta beat each other up in love, amen so we're not physically, you know, taking people to the back of the alley, bro, you're not gonna be impure anymore sis you know, I told you not to dress that way at church You you know, some of the sisters are gonna be really fired up beating people up out there, no, that's not how we do it It's a spiritual conversation that we have. John 13, we know the scripture. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. When you see the love, when you can have a real conversation with somebody, not a shallow conversation. I like Isaac. Isaac likes deep conversations. If you give him a shallow conversation, he's going to walk away right in the middle of it. So if he walks away in the middle of your conversation, get deeper with him, amen? And, and again, I don't have a problem saying that in front of the entire congregation because we love each other. So we can talk about stuff like that. We've got to have those rough conversations. And I believe that's what will purge out the sin of the church. Because some of y'all see some sin in here, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and some of you guys will go, man, that, that brother or that sister is really messed up. Somebody else will take care of that. You walk away. Ever been there? Yep. Yeah. Can I get a double amen Not for the for the truthful people? Amen, amen. I don't know why I do this, but it just sounds, it just feels right. Amen, amen. Okay, fantastic. It's like those. Do you ever have to have a rough conversation with somebody? I hate rough conversations. You know, sometimes so there's two people. The one some people hate conversations with other people that they don't want to have, or sometimes it's that rough conversation that people have to have with you. And you're just like avoiding that person because you know that person wants to talk to you. Okay, we got some laughers over here. That, you know what laughing means? I'm in sin. Okay, fantastic. That's okay because we're all struggle with something. Sometimes it's, it's even a, it's a, it's our, ourselves. We have to look in the mirror and have a rough conversation and I, I hate those conversations with myself. Like uh, I was watching, I was watching my, I rarely watch my sermons online. It's just hard for me because I'm, I'm so critical of myself. Anybody critical of themselves? Amen. Okay, okay. Critical people. And you know what I realized when I was watching my sermon? My arms are really short when I do this? <laughs> I was looking at myself, I'm like, man, my arms are so short. Like that, that like, what's wrong? Like, what happened, Anthony? Like, I need to- I don't know if there's like something to do to get like more arm length or something. When I was younger, I, I remember, I don't know if you guys ever, you got, who, everyone knows who Tom Cruise is? Do yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever see The Last Samurai? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has that like long, perfect hair. And it's like always perfectly wet and to the side. And like, he's got like a perfect beard. And when I was a little kid, I wanted Tom Cruise's hair. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Mexican hair. It doesn't look like that. No. It's like a, it's like a, it's like, it's like just this puff like when I tried to do it and I had to come to the realization, I'm not Tom Cruise. I'm not a, I'm not a 45 year old white guy. And, and I, and I looked at myself and I was a little bit sad, but amen. I remember one time I had to have a conversation with the brother. He kept missing church services. And I said, bro, you, you've missed five church services. I'm really concerned. And he goes, listen, Poindexter. I was like, Poindexter. He's like, you, yeah, you're calculating all the time. What I missed, or you're, you're like a nerd. You're a Poindexter. And he threw it. The, I'm not kidding. Like the guy calls me Poindexter, he throws a table at me, and then and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, you're still coming to church, right, bro? <laughs> he fell away. <laughs> Sad, but I mean I, I think I figured by the when the type the table came flying, I thought maybe this guy's not Christian. <laughs> I remember one time I was I was I was uh, trying to help a brother out talking to him about contribution. And I said, bro, you gotta give at least one. In, in America, it's a cent. Okay, uh, can everybody afford one cent in the house? Amen. I think we can all afford that. Oh, okay. we got some triple amens right here. Okay. Fantastic. And, and the guy proceeded to write a 90-page article on how I bullied him and how the church is manipulative and how we want to take, take control of everything. I said, I just asked for one P. I mean, that's not going to change my life. I'm not going to go out and get a Rolls Royce because everybody gave a P. One cent. But I had to have those rough conversations. And we need to have those rough conversations with one another. As we call the sin out, people are going to leave. People don't want their sin called out. People will leave. And you can feel it in the room. I can feel it. I'm so encouraged by the church. You guys are awesome. Awesome. Like. The spirituality, the energy, I mean, even the visitors are awesome. Woo, I mean, man. I'm just fired up by yeah, yeah, yes. But those people who don't want to grow, it starts being obvious. Yeah. You see them, they're, they're on Facebook, pretending like they're Facebook live and oh, I was just putting in a quote from the sermon, bro. But in reality, they're like, you know, looking up other stuff. They're just not in the game. And so part of the equation is that people are going to leave because they don't love us. And we've got to understand that people will leave. And more importantly, they don't love God. Yeah, wow. But we've also got to understand the other co- side of the coin. We are all shepherds. Yeah. And we've got to love them. That's right. Right. And if anybody leaves and we have in our hearts, man, I kind of expected that. We are in wicked sin. Right. If you look at somebody who walks away and goes, man, I, I, could, I saw that coming. And you told them nothing, that is sin. Right. Yeah. But amen, we're going to repent today. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I simply want to call you to just call call out everything, everything you see. You see anything in me, anything in my wife, even if you're visiting, call out the sin in the church. I don't care. We want to be righteous, not before man, but before God. Amen. Point number two, build with deep foundations. We've got to build the church with deep foundations. What is the foundation of the church, guys? Jesus and the Bible, 100%. You got it right. No question marks when you say something. This is a question mark, Bible, Jesus, only exclamation points in this church, the Bible, Jesus, amen, 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 Acts chapter 19, I won't ask you if you're with me, because I know you're with me, I feel you with me, I used to have to ask you a bunch of times, but now you just, man, you're, you're already there, it's very encouraging. Acts chapter 19, we're going to talk about these Jewish guys who are really funny and awesome. Chapter, uh, chapter 19, verse 13, some itinerant Jewish exorcists. Uh, this is already an interesting story, <laughs> attempted, now your version says something slightly different. They, they were calling on the name of Jesus. I don't remember the NIV's exact rendering, but this is the literal translation in Acts nineteen thirteen. It says, some of these Jewish exorcists attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over evil spirits. They attempted to pronounce his name. They were like Jesus? Jesus? So it's like kind of what you know some people said in the crowd. What's the foundation? Jesus? And so it says, I command you by the Jesus, by Paul preaches, to come out of this person. And the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. So they had a little bit of weak convictions right there, and so they were preaching somebody else's God. Then one day an evil spirit answered them, I know who Jesus is. I know who Paul is. But sucker, foo, who the heck are you? And it says that this guy overpowered them and beat them up and they were bleeding and they were naked and they ran out of the house and everybody heard about it and God was glorified because of it. You ever been in a D time or you're trying to help somebody out and then you, you end up leaving that conversation naked and bleeding because you didn't know, or you got into a Bible study and you're trying to help out this like Jehovah's witness person. And then all of a sudden they start talking about 144,000 people who are sealed and the new heaven and the new earth, and then all of a sudden you're naked and bleeding and leaving. Ever been there? Yeah. Ever been to a, just any time in your life? Amen. We're, we're all messed up. And the question I want to ask you is, are you religious or are you righteous? These were people who were religious. They showed up to church every single Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember. Probably probably the Sabbath was Saturday back then. So they, would, they, they were there on, on Saturday. Sunday, Sunday they, they would rest. So they they were there on Saturday every single Saturday in the in the synagogue or the temple or whatever. But yet there was no power in their life. Yet when it came to casting out demons, they couldn't get the job done and they used somebody else's god. And so the question is is when you want to get a problem solved, do you use the only God or do you use somebody else's god? Do you use the god of money to solve the problem? Do you use the god of pleasure? to solve the problem do you use the god of your own intellect to solve the problem do you use the god of your own emotions to solve the problem we have got to use the word of god to solve problems because that is the foundation of the church it would be so weird if i would get into d time with my wife and we have if you're visiting we have these discipleship times they're training times and even with my wife because she's my first disciple she's the one that i've got to train and help her to get to heaven Now, amen, if you're a woman in the crowd, she gets to help me out with stuff during that time. So be fired up about that. Because she'll come to the meeting and she'll have like a long list of all the things that I need to change. Amen. (laughs) And I'll try and change at least one or two of those things. And then the rest of them I'll try and get to next week. But it would be really weird if we had our time, our marriage D time, that devotional with one another. And I pulled out the Book of Mormon. And I said, you know what? We're going to talk about Joseph Smith today, wife. Would that be a weird D time right there? That would be really awkward. If I pulled out the Quran during our, our time. And you know what? You know what? You know what? Beautiful wife, I'm going to beat you with a stick that is not as big as my wrist because that's what the Quran says I could do. Would that be kind of a weird time? <laughs> Somebody in the back is like, that's, uh, J- said that's just messed up. <laughs> it, is, it is messed up. And so we have got to understand that we've got to be all in on the scriptures. We've got to be all in on the kingdom. It's harder to be half-hearted. It's harder to show up in this meeting and for you to be kind of here. It's way harder. Because you're fighting back and forth. I want to be fired up. No, I don't. I want to be fired up. And I can see you sitting there wrestling with yourself, and it's so hard to do. If you just came in really fired up the entire time, it's so much easier. And it's obvious. And so we've got to have the faith to be all in on these principles. We've got to have the faith to be 100% doing it in a biblical way so that way we can have a deep foundation. The deeper the foundation, the higher the building we could make. And we're trying to make a building for all nations. We're trying to make a building that gets to, that's already in Paris but strengthens Paris. Yes. A building that gets to Amsterdam. A building that gets to Madrid, that gets to Warsaw, that gets to Bucharest. We're trying to go all over the world. <laughs> and, and again, I want to commend the church. You guys are going after it. So this isn't a, like a down conversation. This is like you guys are doing Awesome but I know we could do even more. Okay. It was awesome to see Kelly's mom baptized. Yes. Yeah. Mamo Elise. Yes. Mamo. That's how you say mom in, in French, Mamo. And I, we, had, we had this, you know you guys know Teo, right? Yeah. He used to call for his mom. i like, Mamo. And so it always sticks in my head. To see Ashley's sister get baptized on Sunday, that was incredible. I mean, that's that's amazing. My brother's still studying the Bible. Keep praying for him. He's a knucklehead. It took me three months to get restored. It may take him a year. I don't know. Cassidy's father has been studying the Bible. I mean, the LSE girls who got baptized at the, at the end of last year, they're incredible. Dean, look at Enrique in the back. is translating. You know, you know Enrique is going to lead his first seeking God study. He's doing it in Spanish today today that's that, that's what god is doing and to see giles Come mr on, melving and his mom right next to him is it mama melving is that what, is that, what what's what, what do we what do we say dennis. mama dennis mama dennis don't get it twisted guys mama dennis <laughs> the cha- my challenge is this i want you to get for yourself five core principles That you will build your life, your ministry, your everything on. Now we have the five core principles of the church. Amen. And I won't test you on that right now. Because Jesus loves you and he doesn't want to call you out. (laughs) Amen. But I want you to develop for yourself five core biblical principles. That you will do everything based off of. And they can be kind of roughly the ones that we have as a church, but I really want you to go into the Bible and I want you to share them in your D times. So if you're discipled by me, I'm going to be talking to you in our D times and we're talking about what are your core principles. And I want to see scriptures because we're not building the foundation with our own intellect or thinking we're building with the very word of God. If we have these deep convictions, we're going to get powerful results. What God is doing right now will be nothing in comparison till this West region is 100, 200, 300 people strong. I know it's going to happen. I have one last point for you. Let's go to Genesis chapter six. Point number three is we must build faithfully. We must build faithfully. Sometimes we build and we get tired. Sometimes you're sitting in church service and you get tired. Sometimes you're at work and you get tired. Sometimes you've got a relationship and you get tired. But at the end of the day, if you're faithful to what God is doing, if you're faithful in those things, God will bless it. But he never blesses when people give up. Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. It says, When mankind began to multiply on the earth, and the daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that those daughters of mankind were beautiful, and they took any of them that they liked as wives for themselves. And the Lord said, My spirit will not remain with mankind forever, because they are corrupt. Their days will be a hundred and twenty years. Now, the Bible says right here that the women on the earth were beautiful. And it says that the angels in heaven were looking down and man, I want to take that sister on a date. So brothers, after the dating devotional, if you don't take them on dates, the world is going to take them on dates. And right here it was the angels in heaven who took them on dates. <laughs> Now God either makes things happen or He allows them to happen. These are always tests. 120 is 40, 40, 40, 340s. 40 is a time of testing. So this was a test, not only to the angels, let's see what the angels are going to do. The angels went down and they failed. What were the sons of men do? What would what the women do when they saw these angels? The women failed. They, instead of trusting in God, trusted in something lesser. Instead of verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth, both in those days and afterward. When the sons of God came to the daughters of mankind who bore the children, they were the powerful men of old, the famous men. And so we get a lot of, I believe, if you study it out, a lot of Greek and Roman mythology from this. You know, you thought the Mount Olympus and Zeus and all these demigods and this. I think I was probably the Nephilim. You got these people who were all big and powerful, but not so good. Verse 5, it says, When the Lord saw that man's wickedness was widespread on the earth, and every scheme in his mind was of nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will wipe off the face of the earth mankind, whom I created, together with the animals and creatures that crawl, the birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, in verse 8, found favor in the sight of, of the Lord. Now, it's incredible to know that if you're just one person that you can make a difference, yes. that one just righteous person, man or woman, can catch the eye of God. Verse 9, it says, these are the family records of Noah. Noah was righteous, was a righteous man. Blameless among his contemporaries, Noah walked with God. And Noah fathered three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth, the, and the earth was filled with wickedness. God saw how corrupt the earth was for every creature had corruption in its ways on the earth. The Bible says every single creature was messed up. Even the puppies were corrupt back then. (laughs) Even the goldfish were corrupted back then. They were all, even, even the owls were corrupt. Cassidy loves those little, those little barn owls. <laughs> even the baby little barn owls, those were corrupt back then. Everything, the Bible says every creature. Yeah. Yeah. And in verse 13, God said to Noah, I've decided to put an end to every creature, for the earth is filled with wickedness because of them. Therefore, I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make the rooms in the ark and cover it with pitch inside and out. Verse 17. Understanding that I am bringing bringing a flood, flood floodwaters on the earth to destroy every creature under heaven with breath of life in it. Everything on the earth will die. But I will establish my covenant with you you will enter the ark with your sons, your wife, and your son's wives. Verse 22. And Noah did this. He did everything that God had commanded him to do. First, uh, chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, Enter the ark, you and all your household. For I have seen that you are alone or righteous before me in this generation. An entire generation of people lost but only eight people make it. And again, it says in verse five, and Noah did everything. The Lord had commanded him, verse six, Noah was 600 years old when the flood came and covered the entire earth. That ark really is a symbol of the kingdom of God. That's what we're building. And those floodwaters are a symbol of baptism. We prepare the kingdom for baptisms. We have got to have a structure spiritually that will be able to sustain people. And, I mean, just thinking about how long this guy was building. Most people estimate it's a little foggy if you go and study it out. It's probably from 100 to 120 years that this guy was building a ship. Now, imagine, again, 40, 40, 40. It's testing, testing, testing. Anybody ever like to get tested? You, what if I give you a pop quiz right now on the five-cork convictions? No? You don't like that one? Not amen, amen, amen? Okay, I I didn't hear any amens out there. I mean, people must have thought this guy was crazy. Yeah. 120 years. Hey, Noah, we're going to Ibiza on vacation. You want to come with us? We're going to go sip some martinis on the streets. It's going to be incredible. Would you like to come? No, it's special missions again. We're still building the ark this year. You know, that's how we do it. (laughs) A hundred and twenty years inviting visitors to church and only the same eight people show up every single time. I mean, could you imagine? Hey guys, we're having boat church service again. We're going to have service on the boat just in case the, the waters come and uh you know you know where you can find us it's the big boat you know we're the only one with one and they keep inviting people and just eight people show up and maybe less than eight because maybe one of them had to work that day i don't know maybe when some somebody came in late to the boat church service i don't know but it's the same sermon too imagine the same exact sermon every single week for a hundred and twenty years Guys, we're gonna talk about the flood today. Imagine trying to stay fired up. Imagine being a preacher. You guys know why we're here. Talking about the flood again. And I promise it's gonna come at some point. I mean, you I mean, imagine Noah's kids getting dropped off in the boat. Like, you know, he, he drives, I don't know how he drives a boat, but I just imagine it in my mind. You know how like when you're a little kid, you're a little kid and you wanna get dropped off on the corner, cause you don't want your, you don't want the, well, that, at least for me, I didn't want my friends to see me with my mom or her car was kinda of messed up, I didn't like that. And so I'm like, just drop me off over here. I mean, it would be hard to miss a big boat when they're getting dropped off at school. Or just feeling embarrassed. I mean, they were probably the first kids that had wooden shoes, probably not the Dutch people. They had a, probably a lot of wood left over. And that was probably before wood shoes were cool. And you see them like walking around with splinters in their feet. 120 years? I mean, I, could you imagine doing something for 120 years? Wow. Faithfully. Yes. Wow. Could you imagine? With the same people, no one ever no one new shows up. Imagine. Never a new song. Never a new building. Never a new food. Everything is the same. Wow. But Noah and his family remain faithful. Wow, yeah. That's I want to challenge you simply to act like it's a given that God is going to solidify this church to share, to wake up in the morning, to repent like there's a flood coming because there is to build this church like your life depends on it. To build this church like your family's life depends on it. To build this church like the world depends on it. To build this church like it is the only hope for a lost world. I believe it is. I love you very much. Thank you.